Welcome to Election Profit Makers. The bad boys of podcasting are back. <laughs> That's right. Kid Midas and Long John Silver leaving no sacred cow unturned as they travel America, dropping hot takes, spicy, spicy, contradictory points of view, and self-diagnosed medical miracles for all who care to listen. And that includes you, dear listener. Thanks for tuning in on your radio dial, or should I say your podcast application? Oh my God, that's so nerdy. Let's go back to the days when if you wanted to hear two guys spew a bunch of nonsense to make you chuckle, you'd have to get in your Buick, drive to the outskirts of town, park directly under the radio tower, and then futz with your dials and buttons on, yes, that's right, your car's radio, to dial in Kid Midas and Long John Silver. Well, the times may have changed, but the saucy attitude has not. We are as consistent as the rock of, that's right, Gibraltar, motherfucker! If you're offended, you're not paying attention. Wait, run that back one more time, Mr. DJ. If you're offended, you are paying attention. Good for you. Here's your gold star. Enjoy your fancy dinner of boogers and farts. Ow! In summary, what is there to say but welcome to Election Profit Makers. John, are you on the line? You're my co-host. I hope you're there. Yep. Hi, John. How are you? I'm great. It's a beautiful day. Uh, and uh, it's the start wow. of another beautiful week. Uh, I don't know. So it's I'm fine. Okay. John, we launched our um, new line of T-shirts and hoodies last week. You can find them on cottonbureau.com. Or if you want a bit.ly link, it's bit.ly slash EPM. Very cool. And uh, what can I say? We're taking the fashion world by storm. I actually got a voicemail. I'm not going to play the voicemail recording like I did with the robot cop last week. But, uh, John, I sent you a transcript of the voicemail. Why don't you read it? I think our v- listeners would find this a little bit interesting. Mm, okay. Here's the transcript. Hello, this is a message for Kid Midas, the Wave Rider. My name is— That's me. That's me, by the way. This was on my phone. My name is Donatella Versace. Yes! I am a fashion designer, and I live in a mansion in Italy. I run a brand called Versace Clothing. Perhaps you have heard of it. Totally. Yeah, it's big. Anyway— I was calling because my friend sent me a bit.ly link to your podcast merchandise page. As you know, your podcast is called Election Profit Makers, and the clothes are very wonderful. You have one shirt (laughs) with an upside— Total fashion vindication. You have one shirt with an upside-down helicopter and another shirt with a guitar effects pedal. That's true. We have two new new designs. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. I was, wow, I I was profoundly moved by these designs. So awesome. They are splendid, as we say in fashion. (laughs) I would like very much, I would very much like to partner with your podcast to produce the Versace Spring 2022 collection. Please call me back as soon as you can. My number is uh, country code 25. 343-639-2369. 343-639-2369987. When you call, please ask for Donatella, and I will stop whatever I'm doing and talk to you. Ciao, baby. Give me a kiss. I was so happy when I got that voicemail. Did you ever that, in a million years think, John, that you and I would be designing 
the spring collection for Versace clothing, like one of the m- most intense brands there is for fashion? No, I, I can't believe it. What are we going to do? Like we have to make men's and women's clothing. You even have to make shoes and hats. That's going to be hard, actually. Yeah, it's going to be hard. I haven't designed fashion since a brief period in seventh grade when I was really into Miami Vice and fashion, and I drew all these fashion sketches like pastel double-breasted suits and parachute pants. You still have stripes? Yeah, I still have them. Yeah, put those up on Discord. I'd like to see them. You know, fashion works in cycles. Maybe some of these could come back around again, and I could just use them. That hey, then it's free money for us because we don't have to do any new work. I'll submit these Mm -hmm. designs from when I was in middle school. We'll send them to our friend Donatella, and she can. Make the clothes. We don't have, I don't think we have to make the clothes. I just think we have to draw pictures of the clothes and then other people will make the clothes. Spring 2022, Versace, we might get to go to a runway show, John. We might get to sit beside some of the hottest celebrities and models that have ever lived. Yeah. Milan. What if we had an election profit makers meet up in Milan during fashion week? Oh my God. What a boss move. That would be yeah. so wonderful. We could even All have right, free, well, sh- we could even have free champagne. Yeah. We need to call nuts. back soon. Okay, we'll call her back. Anyway, if you want to buy some of these amazing clothes, John, give us a second bit.ly link. Uh, bit.ly slash EPM, very cool. Uh, you, can, you can also find it at bit.ly slash Josh Hawley Pringles Helmet. Or you can just go to cottonbureau.com and search election profit makers. That's, that's who's making the clothes for us. Yeah, that's, that's easy. John, let's start our show. Well, what happened since last week, John? A couple big things. We had an election all over the country. There were elections. The big ones were in Virginia and New Jersey, gubernatorial races. Uh, And we had a bit of an upset in Virginia. I guess it wasn't totally an upset because everyone said it was going to be close. And actually, about an hour after we recorded last week, uh, the crystal ball from the University of Virginia came out and and said that they thought it was leaning toward the Republicans. So, and that is what happened. Uh, Glenn Youngkin beat uh, Terry McAuliffe in Virginia. It looks like it's about by two points right now. Uh, and the polling had him uh, losing by one point. So the polling proved to be, you know, right on on target. I did not make much money on predicted because I had told everyone that I expected that uh, Youngkin would take a lead earlier and that you would be able to to buy into McAuliffe at a low price and that at some point McAuliffe would have a rally and and make it back to 50-50 or, or maybe even more than that. Uh, McAuliffe dropped just as I had expected, but he never rebounded at all. So the waves went down, but they never went up. No, they never they never did. Uh, I think people who played the margin of victory market uh, were probably able to ride some waves. I did not do that. I ended up jumping into the New Jersey race and maxed out to make like, 90 bucks. So I came ahead for the night. Maxed out on what? I maxed out on the the, the Democrat winning in New Jersey. But I, I got to tell you, I was sweating it for a while there. I thought I jumped in a little too early. But it paid out in the end. And I didn't lose money. I actually made a little. Made about like 80 bucks, 80, 90 bucks. So that's not 
anything to write home about. But I hope everyone else did okay. Um, it was sort of a depressing night for, for, for Democrats. What lessons can we learn from last Tuesday night's disappointing night? Should Democrats abandon the Great Awakening? Should the Democrats finally admit that, yes, critical race theory, which everyone clearly understands and promulgates, is toxic and corrosive? Should we tell third grade teachers it's no longer appropriate to let the black kids murder the white kids in response to slavery and get away with it for free and even get an A-plus for killing them? I guess some people would say, yeah, that— yeah, that we that that, we, that the Democrats should have pushed back harder. Um, others have said no. There's nothing to worry about. This was expected. That Virginia always goes the opposite direction of the uh, the party in the White House. They have uh, 16 of the last 17 elections. They've done that. It did look like in urban areas, the Democrats might not have shown up. Sure, that doesn't surprise me. What would they show up for? Yeah, I mean, I voted. I hardly wanted to, to I mean, not in Virginia. I voted here, and and I, I barely wanted to. I mean, this just general fatigue and malaise. And You're I, not excited to go cast your ballot for the party of Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema? Zing alert! Yeah, so I could, I could see that happening. And Republicans, obviously, the out party, they were— they were fired up, and maybe there was some switching. Maybe there was some switching, and 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 people. Five percent of Biden voters in Virginia switched and voted for Yunkin. And the question is, why was it? Uh, because Biden is incredibly unpopular. Uh, because they are sick of wearing masks in schools and sick of COVID. Or is it because of critical race theory? As I foretold in my prophecy on last week's episode, we can now look forward to one year nonstop from now until the 2022 midterms. Nothing will be discussed except critical race theory and its many controversies. And um, it's going to be great. I love it when the nation can engage in a good good faith dialogue about intellectual matters. America might actually get a PhD. Like, we might be the first country to, as a country, Mm -hmm. get a doctorate. We might get a PhD in in critical race theory. Yeah. It would be incredible. There's something else we should talk about, which is that on Friday night, the House finally passed the goddamn fucking infrastructure bill. Infrastructure week is over. I can't believe it finally came to an end, Infrastructure Week. Yeah, four years of Infrastructure Week. It's done. Um, that's exciting. Do you think it would have made a difference if, they had, if it had happened on Monday before these elections? I no. Don't. No. I think the election maybe spooked some people in the House, but I kind of feel like, I don't know. No, I don't think it, it would have made a difference. So, yeah, progressives were pretty frustrated that infrastructure passed because they wanted it linked to the Build Back Better. Uh, They believe now that uh, Build Back Better will have trouble getting through. So I had thought that the the reconciliation package would end up being $1.75 trillion to $2 trillion Mm -hmm. and uh, had been up in that bracket, which is bracket three. Uh, Now I am way underwater and the top bracket is a B1, which is $1.5 trillion or lower. 
Tell us the name of that market on Predict It one more time. The name of that market is how much spending will be in the reconciliation package. And B1, bracket one. I mean, the worst bracket. Oh my God. 1.5 trillion or lower. That's at 53 cents. <sighs> yeah, I don't know if this represents the true odds or if just you have Republicans really being pumped up after the other night and they're just like, yeah, it's never going to happen. Dems in disarray. Um, you mean Republicans on predicted? Yes, yes. Maybe you could buy into the 1.75 to 2 trillion bracket. You could get a really ch cheap right now at 17. You know what? I'm going to buy in because I've been in this bracket before and it's only 18 cents. Why not? Why not just keep flushing money down the toity, as is my custom. And which bracket did you say you're in, Johnny? I'm in B3. Oh, you're in the same as me? Yeah, yeah, but I bought much higher. Oh, we're the B3 yeah, boys? Yeah, we're the B3 boys. I bought at 38. Oh, that's great. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm way underwater. But, you know, it, I, you know, it, goes, it shows you how expectations work. We're now, we would now be psyched for B3 before we were, we were sort of disappointed with that. I know, right? We thought it was going to be 3.5 or death. And now we're like, oh, I hope it's 1.7 fucking, all right. Everybody knows who, whatever. Let's uh, not talk about that anymore, unless you want to. Nope. I want to talk about UNC football. Go for it. Well, last week, as you all remember, I predicted that number nine Wake Forest, undefeated 8-0, and was going to come into Chapel Hill and lose to 4-4 four and four UNC. Why did I make such a prediction? Because I believe in Carolina, but I also believe in the chaos of the ACC. And with Wake Forest being undefeated, they were actually in a position that they could be a playoff team. And that would be amazing for the ACC. So the best thing for the ACC would be to have Wake Forest come in and win. And I knew that things don't work out for the ACC. So why not just have Carolina beat them? Which is exactly what happened. Um, I will admit that towards the end of the third quarter, when Carolina was trailing 47 to 35 by 18 points, that I wasn't feeling so confident in my prediction. However, Carolina went on a 31 to 3 run and was able to take a 10-point lead before Wake tacked uh, on a touchdown in the last seconds. Uh, and then kicked an onside kick, which Carolina recovered, and that was the end of the game. And the students rushed the field, which was pretty exciting. A lot of people thought that reflected poorly on UNC for rushing the field against Wake Forest. But Wake is a top-10 team, and UNC hadn't beaten a top-10 team at home since 2004. So, to me, I thought it was warranted. You know, they're only... Among Power 5 teams, only Northwestern, Vandy, Duke, Kansas, and Wake have gone longer, not beating a top 10 team at home. So, there you go. Thank you, John. Uh, oh, I'll just add that UNC now has the distinction of being both a top 10 team to lose to an unranked team and also an unranked team to beat a top 10 team in the same season. So, whoa, go Heels. And go ACC. ACC football. It's not great. Next up, unranked UNC is going to travel to 25th ranked Pittsburgh. It's a Thursday night primetime game. It could be another close one, but I am predicting that Pitt will win 
by at least a touchdown. You heard it here first, folks. I don't think I've been wrong on any of these. So I I should be like a full-time handicapper just for UNC football. Forget all the political stuff. Your track record with football is much better these days than your track record with politics. Yeah. John, it's time to announce our next Patreon episode. Ah, yes. Our craziest Patreon episode yet. We haven't recorded it because I'm still building my spreadsheet. I am going to rank every TV show I watched during COVID. Not saying COVID is over, and I'm not saying I'm done watching TV shows, but we are going to start in March of 2020. Up until the day we record, I will rank, definitively rank, every single TV show I watched. And this spreadsheet, I watched so many damn TV shows. I'm going to say this too. To all you moody, dark European police procedurals with damaged detectives finding clues in the rain in Denmark or whatever, I'm putting you all on notice. Because boy, when you look at all this stuff in a spreadsheet, you really start to see what an absolute hash you've made of your life and how you've totally wasted your free time. But it's going to be a good list. We're going to go through every single one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think I have about 70 shows on. This is going to be a six-hour episode. But I already know my top five, and that's the, that's the crucial part, the top five, the shows that will stand the test of time. But boy, oh boy, there are going to be some Danish detectives with frowns on their faces when they listen to this Patreon episode. Patreon.com slash election profit makers. And that also gives you access to our Discord, mm-hmm. where people have been debating the insane billionaire hell dorm that's going to get built in uh, California. Yeah. As well as whether the robot cop was a robot. He was a robot. Anyway, okay. All right, so we record that in a couple days. So you need to hurry up with that list. My iPhone 6S, the battery is no longer working. I can no longer um, engage with the world via my phone. And I'm torn between spending $1,000 on a new phone or just trying to get the battery fixed. I'll have an exciting update next week. But in the meantime, John, why don't you bring me up to speed? Why don't you bring me up to speed on all the bad boy activity on Twitter? Because it seems to me a bad boy season has officially begun. Yeah. Hit me with all the bad boy news and then give me your power ranking of the late of bad boys. I think this is going to be a new segment that we're going to do. It's going to have a theme song or something. All right. And it's going to be the bad, it'll be bad boys of the week. Everybody get ready. Yeah, yeah. Everybody have fun. Party, party. It's bad boys of the week. Let's get it popping. Bad boys are number one. This week, you've got the Elon stands are out criticizing the Democrats' billionaire tax. Uh, so the psychology yeah. of this is just, oh, so incredible. So Elon came out and said that his plan, wait a minute, did he really say this? My plan is to use the money to get humanity to Mars and preserve the light of consciousness. Yeah, this happened before my phone died. You know, the billionaire tax that that uh, some progressive Dems wanted to levy on unrealized gains in um, billionaires' portfolios or whatever. Elon Musk obviously is opposed to it. He said, and then some of his stands were like, yeah, Elon knows what to do with his billions more than some go- dumb government does, right? Right. And then Elon said, yeah, I'm going to take all the money that would be taxed. My plan is to use the money to get humanity to Mars and preserve yeah. the light of consciousness. But then he started a Twitter poll that said, should I sell half of my 
my stock or 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 ten percent of my stock in order to actually realize some of these gains to to pay taxes on it. He also said he would donate. What he said he would donate billions of dollars to the UN if they could prove that the money would be useful. I don't know. He's playing some kind of fucked up, evil evil billionaire head games, like trolling. So two days after Elon Musk said he was going to preserve the light of consciousness on Mars, which by the way is not going to happen. A human foot will never touch the surface of Mars. I'll go to my grave screaming that in my hospital bed as I pass. Then two days later, uh, Elon Musk tweeted the next tweet. This is, And this puts him in the running for bad boy of the week. If not bad boy of the month, John, read this next tweet. Speaking of the light of consciousness. Uh, Elon Musk tweets, <laughs> am thinking of starting new university, Texas Institute of Technology and Science. Now, just take a minute. Yeah, apparently he got 477,000 likes. The Texas Institute of Technology and Science. Give it a minute. He then writes, it will have epic merch. And why is that? (sighs) Oh, it's an acronym. It's an acronym. Which is a part of of a woman's anatomy. Ah, I see. Get it? Yeah, T-I- Bro, do you even believe in the in preserving the light of consciousness, bro? John, we have to take this to Mars. Oh, my God. Elon Musk is a bad boy, and his stands will go to their death <laughs> saying he should never be taxed. You know, it's kind of interesting. It makes me wonder if, 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 the, if, if life starts to seem increasingly dire and futureless, everyone will just start putting all their projecting everything onto a handful of select billionaires. Oh, they'll, no. they'll treat it, right? They'll treat them as gods, as avatars for their own failed or, um, you know, undermined aspirations. And then any criticism of these billionaires would be like heresy, right? And so you'll have, you'll have your Elon Musk stands. We'll have to fight your Jeff Bezos stands. We'll fight, I'm sure Mark Zuckerberg has some weird stands, right? You'll pick your sect. You'll pick your deity, and then as they as they gobble up more and more of the resources in their big swinging dick contest to say who can start the first village of incels on Mars, all their all their stands on Earth will will demand that they not be taxed. It's going to be incredible. This dynamic is amazing. It feels like something from the from medieval times, you know? Yeah. Right? Doesn't it kind of feel yeah. very medieval or something? People get so mad if you suggest that Elon Musk should pay more in taxes. And they're like, but then how will we preserve the light of consciousness on Mars? He needs all that money so we can all go to Mars. Motherfucker, you're never going to go to Mars. Ever, 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 ever. You will never live on Mars. And no one will ever live on Mars. Ever. Even if it took 10,000 years. They think they're going to have a town on Mars. Give me an effing break. I still think somebody might go. I have know- you ever looked at that fucking planet? There's not shit on it but dust. And there's not even oxygen. Yeah, but we've gone to some pretty horrible places on Earth, too. That Yeah, all those places you could live, all those places you could breathe, all those places had water. Mars doesn't have any of that. I mean, maybe they have water. I can't can't tell. I refuse to learn anything about Mars. Yeah, but they might have an atmosphere one day. There's never going to be a fucking colony on Mars. Okay. Sorry. I got to say, this is a real bugaboo for me, John. It really gets under— I know. It really—I don't know why, and I don't know why. 
God, I wish this was on a market on, on Predicted. All right, John, let's get back to the bad boy rankings. Bad boys are number one. Who else was a bad boy this past week? Well, back to football, not college football, but the NFL. Aaron Rodgers is the, the quarterback of the uh, Green Bay Packers. He was not able to play this week because he ended up coming down with COVID. That's not good. Uh, but apparently it came out that he, he, he lied. He said he had been vaccinated, but he, he wasn't vaccinated. Um, and he had been lying to the team and not following the proper protocols. He then gave an interview to a guy named Pat McAfee, and it was, God, it was so depressing to see this interview. So what was the deal with this interview? They just said, you know, we, you're, you're not vaxxed. We're going to give you a chance to say, you know, why you're not vaxxed and just to give your, your side of, um, of the story. And he starts out, and the first thing he says is, I realize I'm in the crosshairs of the woke mob. <laughs> so before Non-stop the final nail gets mob. put in my cancel culture casket, I'd like to set the record straight. So already, already, already you were like, Read it oh. one more time. That's said, inc- what an opening verse. Yeah. Oh my he God. He says, I realize I'm in the crosshairs of the woke mob. So before the final nail gets put in my cancel culture casket, mm. I'd like to set the record straight. Whew. And then he went on in the interview to claim that he was taking advice from podcaster Joe Rogan. My spiritual forebearer. Yeah, who he claimed is now a good friend of his. Uh-huh. He has been doing a lot of the things that Rogan has recommended on his podcast, including taking ivermectin. Which is not actually a horse dewormer. It's not. It's not. I mean, it is, but it also can be used for humans too. It doesn't work for COVID, but let's just point that out. Uh, he also said, if the vaccine is so great, then why are people still getting covid Checkmate. Um, He's ticking all the boxes. Were you loving life listening to this interview? It's just so discouraging. I mean, because the people listen to these yeah, guys. I they know love that, them. They love these bad boys. No one's going to tell them what to do. He tried to get an exemption from the NFL, and the and the NFL. So, <laughs> so, so he put together a report, a five hundred page report. Uh, to the NFL, you know, a bunch of reports on on vaccines. I mean, God, I would love to see this report. Um, That's got to be one of the greatest reports ever written. He then claimed that a league doctor said that if he got vaccinated, he would not get COVID. The NFL has denied that. But I'm wondering if if the, if a if a league doctor said that to him, then why didn't he get vaccinated? You know, because there's a group of people who don't like being told what to do. Why do they want to regress and go back to living with their mommy? And their mommy says, eat your vegetables. But you don't want to eat vegetables because cauliflower makes you feel squeamish inside because it's a little bit slimy and warm. And you grow up and you get a lot of power. Why in the world then, when the doctor says you have to put a needle in your arm, would you ever do that if you don't want to do it? But here's the thing, and he doesn't the have to do it. He doesn't have the to do it. cancel culture coffin? He doesn't have to do it. He can, he can just not do it. He just has to get tested regularly. 
And, but again, and, that's something he doesn't want to do, John. And if you don't want to do something, then you just don't do it. That's how society works. Hmm. Well, it makes me sad uh, and frustrated. To see. Yeah, it's a little bit frustrating. So we'll put Aaron Rodgers on the board. He's he's definitely in the running for bad boy of the week. Yeah, definitely. Let's get it popping. Uh, next up, Eric Adams, uh, the the newly elected mayor of the city of New York. Why don't you tell me about this one? Well, this one is a quickie. This happened before my phone died, and I delighted in it. Eric Adams has made an announcement along with uh, the mayor of Miami that he will accept some of his um, first payments for mayor in Bitcoin, the coolest type of money. That's kind. Of, that feels to me, you know what? I can't actually say he's a bad boy. This is technically more like being a simp. I feel like he's just playing for the cryptocurrency crowd, and I think it's a little, it's a little demeaning, frankly. Yeah, Eric Adams with a heavy heart. I'm removing you from the from content, from contention for this week's. Yeah, I mean he's just trying to week. put New York on the cutting edge, you know, because New York it's, I mean it's known for being so behind Hidebound. yeah yeah <laughs> let's definitely go all in and 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 associate new york with what might turn out to be the biggest bubble since the tulip the tulip whatever it was of denmark or wherever it was yeah. back in 16 whatever it was do you know what i'm talking I about the tulip it. bubble do you know about yeah. this yeah okay no i hear everyone went crazy for tulips and they bought too many tulips and then everyone realized like wait these flowers suck yeah and then everything collapsed it's gonna be like that but with bitcoins trust me Okay. Bad boys are number one. Madison Cawthorn. Ever heard of him? Yeah. He's uh, the, 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 the congressman for the North Carolina's 11th district. He came out and, and wrote on Twitter, vote for this infrastructure bill and I will primary the hell out of you. That's bad boy. You got to put him on the bad boy board for that one. That's very tough. He then came out a couple days later and said, build back better is code for destroy America and the Constitution. Fuck yes. <laughs> That's the kind of tweet where it gets you so pumped and so happy. And then, and then you realize they're criticizing, and then they, they're saying like, and that's a bad thing. Yeah, that is a bad thing. Let's talk through the bad boyness of the tweet. Vote for this infrastructure bill, and I will primary the hell out of you. Makes a lot of sense if, when you think about it. That's a lot of people that he's got to run in primaries against. Yeah. You know, that's going to be exhausting. He's already in a district, and he's going to primary all these other people in other districts. But that's his thing, man. I mean, he goes around to all these districts that he's not in and goes to the PTA meetings and the school board meetings. I mean, this guy's yeah. kind of a busybody. <laughs> Bad boy sounds tough, but busybody sounds not, not tough. But okay. but he is kind you know, he is kind of a bad boy busybody when you do they cancel each other out? No, because he carries That's a knife. So yeah, it's combat dagger. So he's still he's he he's still a bad boy. Yeah. All right. We have one last nominee for this week's bad boy of the week. Okay. The last one is uh Missouri Republican Senator Josh Hawley says that he told Axios. That, Say it without laughing because okay, this is serious. Right, Josh Hawley, the, the Republican senator from the state of Missouri, told Axios that he is going to make masculinity a signature political issue. Yeah. Josh Hawley tells Axios 
that he'll make masculinity a signature political issue because he claims the left is telling men you're part of the problem. Your masculinity is inherently problematic. A bad boy standing up for men. We love to see it. Yeah. Here's the problem, according to the clips of Josh Hawley I saw. Number one problem is just he, well, okay. We're not He's not talk the greatest about, vehicle. I mean, let's not reinforce, let's not reinforce toxic stereotypes, but that dude, I don't know. We'll just leave, we'll just leave that there. We're not going to talk about how he looks or, or the shape of his head. And I can say that because I have a funny shaped head as well. But boy, oh boy. Um, looks like they pumped this guy into his suit using a freaking cake icing bag. Have you ever done any cake decorating or do you, have you ever watched the Great British Bake Off? Do you know what I'm talking about, John? Mm, no. Oh, well, it's like if they did that, but the icing was Josh Hawley. Anyway, mm -hmm. what I wanted to say was that Josh Hawley says that we have this crisis of masculinity in America because guys spend too much time playing video games and yes, masturbating to online pornography. And I think also saying that the Democrats have been so generous with social welfare programs that guys are no longer working. And so we're kind of seeing the decay of the American male. And also they're being blamed, as we all know, critical race theory. Um, if, in, if you're a child's elementary school, if the teachers are all teaching critical race theory, that means that the white boys in the classroom have to eat have to eat lunch in the toilet while the while the black kids make fun of them. Mm -hmm. And that's part of critical race theory. And when I read that, I was surprised, but I mean that's the reality that we're living in. Someone needs to denounce that. But John, I'm not sure this actually qualifies him as a bad boy, right? Okay. It feels too academic in a way. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean why go out and talk about masculinity? Why not do what you and I do every week, which is model masculinity, mm -hmm. embody masculinity with our deep voices, with our foul language, with our references to sports, and right. of course, with our muscles and our greasy t-shirts that have mustard stains on them from when we were eating cheeseburgers last night. Yeah. But because he can't embody masculinity, he has to discuss masculinity. And that, I think, means he's not actually a bad boy. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Okay. So we've eliminated Eric Adams for being a simp. And we've eliminated Madison Cawthorn for being not a bad boy, but a busybody. Or should we say a busy baddie? Maybe that could be our new term. And we're eliminating Josh Hawley for being too analytical about these issues of masculinity. Okay. So it comes down between Aaron Rodgers and Elon Musk. So who is our bad boy of the week? I have my pick. Do you have yours? Yeah. On the count of three, why don't we both say who we pick as bad boy of the week? Okay. One, two, three. Aaron Elon Rogers. Musk. What? Are you fucking crazy? Elon Musk over Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. That's, you know, that type of humor... Texas Institute of yeah. Technology and Science. See, give it a Aaron, minute. You'll get it. Just give it a minute. See, Aaron Rodgers is, is just not unique. I mean, he just sounds Ouch. like anybody on Facebook. That's what was so disappointing about it. You know, you got to give it up for Elon with what he's coming up with. He's coming up with stuff. Nobody could come up with that type of stuff. You're fucking... What are you talking about? Are you on drugs or alcohol right now? No, 
I just think, you know, starting a brand new university. Uh-huh. It's just like, you know, it's like Barry Weiss starting up her university. Oh, yeah. What happened with that? You, I couldn't look at it because my— Yeah, so um, all these, these anti-woke, you know, people like Andrew Sullivan and Barry Weiss and all them are starting a, a university. It's not accredited or it doesn't have any— <laughs> Oh, God. It's, are you serious? It, yeah, it's called the University of Austin. Like Stone Cold Steve Austin? Texas, yeah. Are they going to be in Texas? Yeah, it's going to be located in Austin. Now, can you Do imagine— Do you know who lives first, in Austin, John? Do you know who lives in Austin? Yeah, Elon. Joe Rogan. Oh, he does? Yeah, Joe Rogan moved to Texas. And Elon's moving there, too. So, so that's going to be the University of Austin. But can you imagine, when you, when you think about it, if they were to open a, a new college in Chapel Hill and it was called the University of Chapel Hill, you think UNC would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. That's a, yeah, <laughs> we're going to allow the, that. You're thinking about the, the name, the name stuff that's going to be at issue here. I mean, you've got the University of Texas at Austin. I mean, that's they're going to get sued. What you mean is the woke schools are going to try to cancel them. Yes. And and are going to successfully cancel them. I guess maybe that's maybe they're thinking two steps ahead. And and and. So what is this university? Are Andrew Sullivan and Barry Weiss going to be teaching? Are people going to go there? Like stu- young people are going to go there to get a degree, or is it just going to be like TED talks? Like I'm going to give my eight minute lecture on why learning about butterflies helped me realize I was actually shorter than I thought I was. Or can whatever. you? Can you? You you don't have any access to Twitter. At all, I don't look at it on my laptop because it gets too yeah. big and it freaks me out. I know I it's only, terrible, right? Yeah, it's too much Twitter on your laptop. It's like being an IMAX watching a collective nervous. It's a new university dedicated to the pursuit of the truth. They're done waiting. For oh, it. finally, we're gonna get one of those. Yeah, they're we're done waiting for America's universities to fix themselves. So we're starting a new one. (laughs) A university dedicated to the pursuit of truth. The fearless pursuit of truth. And then it lists a bunch of names of Kathleen Stockberry Weiss, Larry Summers, Jonathan... Oh, Larry Uh, Summers. Oh, my God. Speaking of of the crisis of masculinity from from masturbating to online pornography, you're going to have to send me the link of all these names. These are some of my erogenous names. It's going to be big. I think I have a class on measuring skulls. Oh, zing, zing, zing. Caliper adjustment 101, introduction to phrenology. I mean, no joke. It's going to go to some dark places. Yeah. All right, quickly. so let's enroll. How does it work? I think we should enroll and we can do a podcast about it, about what we uh, I don't know. Let me, sorry, let me turn this off. Are, is this a movie there? Did they make an ad? Yeah, they did. We have a strange little goal. We're going to teach you to think for yourself. Oh, my God. Then yes. you'll be free. Yes! But, you know, uh, Glenn Greenwald, you've probably heard of him. Yeah, I know him very well. Yeah, well, he's he my came be- out. He's my best friend. He came out and had he, he had some questions. He wasn't so sure. Really? Yeah. I always love to see a little daylight between Glenn Greenwald and Andrew Sullivan. Yeah, he he came out and said that. Will women be able to apply? If so, I'll know it's too woke. Yeah. I'm not going to join in on the cheap and easy mockery of this because creating new institutions to embody your values is commendable. That said, my question is this: 
several of the people involved have worked to get Israel critics fired from academia. Uh-oh. Will that view be permitted here? Oh, the hypocrisy charge, the double mm-hmm. standards charge. Okay. He, he says, as always, the real test of one's commitment to principles of free speech and free inquiry is how hard one fights to create space for the views one opposes to be. I'm in. sure Barry Weiss will be really cool with a bunch of anti Zionist pro Palestine professors at the University of Austin. Mm hmm. So you said Elon Musk is bad boy of the week because of his amazing tits Twitter joke, which you said no one else could do because you think he's – what I didn't understand that he line He also of logic. replied to a sitting U.S. congressman. Oh, right. What did he do there? So Ron Wyden is a U.S. senator from Oregon, and he, quote, tweeted – Elon Musk. Elon Musk had written, much is made lately of unrealized gains, meaning a means of tax avoidance. So I propose selling 10% of my Tesla stock. And then Ron Wyden quote tweeted Elon Musk and said, whether or not the world's wealthiest man pays any taxes at all shouldn't depend on the results of a Twitter poll. It's time for the billionaire's income tax. Okay. To which Elon Musk responded directly to him, why does your PP look like you just came? Classic. Now, is he still the CEO of Tesla? Yes. Reminds me of the submarine controversy with the kids in Thailand in the cave when he called the guy a pedo. Yeah. Now, PP, he's he's actually referring to his profile pic. Uh, but still, still it's, it's okay. It's, that's uh, bad boy. I mean, I'll, uh, that's bad that's boy. Bad boy. I mean, he's okay. speaking to a to a U.S. senator who has the power to make these type of things happen. Right. That's bad boy behavior. You're right. Mm -hmm. Elon Musk, congratulations. You are the election profit makers bad boy of the week. Aaron Rodgers, you gave it a good run, man. But we have to give it to Elon Musk because because talking, making dirty jokes about a senator, (laughs) I mean, that's bad boy 101. Although Jeff Bezos did something. What? Jeff Bezos could never be a bad boy. I don't care how much weights he lifts trying to- Okay, so there's this picture of Jeff Bezos- Jeff Bezos's wife or girlfriend that sort of uh, looking longingly at Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay. Um, and they were it's, at some event together. Yeah, and it's made the rounds, and people okay. are sort of goofing on Jeff Bezos, saying you're the richest or the second richest man in the world, and she's still not sure. So uh, Jeff Bezos tweeted uh, a few hours ago, "Leo, come over here." I want to show you something. And it's a picture of Jeff Bezos with his shirt off and he's all ripped and muscular. And oh he's my God. and he's leaning on a sign that says danger, steep cliff, fatal drop. I honestly feel like I'm gonna cry. John, I honestly think you just broke my faith in humanity. That's incredible. What's wrong with everyone? What is wrong with Eric? He literally tweeted that? Yes. I swear to God, if you spend one penny on Amazon after reading that tweet, we are no longer friends. That's crazy. Everybody thinks everything is a big fucking joke. Oh my God. Oh. I'm going to go hide on Mars and whoever shows up on Mars, I'm going to conk them over the head before they can start their little village on Mars. Wouldn't that be so ironic if my hatred of these guys actually... compelled me to become the first person to ever set foot on Mars. Of all the people, it would be me. And I would would hide behind one of those red Mars rocks, right? Yeah. And that little rover would drive over and I would say, go away, don't take a picture of me. No one can know I'm up here on Mars. 
and then Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, whoever gets there first in their dumb rocket ship, gets on Mars. And now, well, we're ready to start our slave colony here on Mars. I'm gonna jump out from behind my rock with my Louisville slugger, a famous baseball bat, and conk him on the head and say, by God, we are not, we are, if you think we're gonna infest this beautiful, pristine, barren landscape of Mars, with you guys' sensibility and your fucking Twitter jokes, you got another thing coming. Mars is too good for you. And Mars is nothing but dust and dirt. John, we had you were talking last week about how dark your neighborhood was on Halloween. We got an email from Martha. Listener Martha wrote us at contact at electionprofitmakers.com. Raleigh is dark because car infrastructure is privileged over walking and public transit. I lived in Durham for a year without a car and it was terrible mostly because of the lack of sidewalks, streetlights, other pedestrians, and no fences to contain dogs. This, of course, like all infrastructure and land use in the United States, has race and class dynamics. Uh, bah, 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 bah. So basically, I don't think that the lack of lighting has anything to do with an aversion to light pollution, but is part of a larger culture that invests in private spaces and transportation at the expense of public spaces, resources, and transit. Sorry to be a bummer. Martha? I think you might be right. Yeah. I, I don't think, think it's right. aesthetics. I don't think it's a sensibility issue. I think it's just, why would we need lights? No one's going to walk here. They're going to be driving in their car, and their car has lights. Yeah, I think she's right. Yeah. Consensus on the Discord, which you can join if you um, sign up at patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers, is that my police officer friend who called me during last week's episode and asked me to donate to USA Loves copsforever.fart or whatever that amazing website was, um, that that was not an actual live human I was talking to. Much to my chagrin, I completely fell for a semi or fully automated response recording system. Because, And then we had other listeners who said, yeah, that same police officer actually has called me. So I was hornswoggled by the police once again. But you won't catch me on Mars because there won't be cops on Mars. And that's why I'll be conking everyone on the head with my Louisville Slugger on Mars. You are really into the Louisville Slugger. Is that the only type of baseball bat there is? No, there's also the Spalding. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you to everyone who wrote in. Uh, including several professional paleontologists who wrote in when I asked last week if Plato and Socrates knew about dinosaurs. Oh my gosh, we got some amazing links at contact at electionprofitmakers.com. We've decided to only read one response. This is from Brian S. John, why don't you, why don't you read Brian's response? Brian S. writes in, I'm a paleontologist and feel medium qualified to answer your question about if people in antiquity knew about dinosaurs. The short answer is an annoying yes and no. Yes, various people and groups throughout ancient history encountered and were aware of different types of fossils. No, they wouldn't have had any rigorous way to understand them beyond speculation like they did for other natural phenomena, since the modern system of scientific inquiry in the formalized fields of geology and paleontology didn't exist until very recently. There are plenty of documented examples of people finding at least partial fossils of ancient, quote-unquote, monsters in the historical record. Ancient Greeks and Romans definitely knew about fossils, as did some ancient Asian cultures. 
Some speculate that people stumbling across fossils through time is one of the origins for many monster myths in different cultures. Fossils are common in lots of areas throughout the world, so it's no wonder that people would have encountered them before having a way to explain what they were finding and just turned to calling them monsters. For dinosaur bones to mammoth tusks and fossil fish, people finding weird bones while wandering around had to explain them to, some th- to somehow fit their cultural narrative of the world. That all said, it's hard to imagine that in the entirety of human history, no one ever just ran across a pretty complete dinosaur skeleton before the 1800s. But if they did, who knows what they would have made of it. They definitely wouldn't have thought it was a dope brontosaurus, though, because they would have had no frame of reference for some of the weird stuff that used to exist beyond what they'd seen around them in a pretty narrow geographic area and even more narrow temporal range. They didn't have the context to understand what they were looking at. I love it. Yeah, it makes sense. Thank God we've reached the final, ultimate stage of human history and we won't have any such issues with phenomena that we can't understand or interpret correctly. God mm-hmm. damn. Oh boy, I hope they go to Mars and find dinosaur bones and then the dinosaurs jump out and say, we're still alive, get off our planet. And then all these Tyrannosaurus rexes from Mars hit everyone over the head with baseball bats. That would be my ultimate fantasy. Louisville sluggers. Election Profit Makers is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. With help from Houston Snyder and Kataosa, support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Election Profit Makers. Send your election prediction questions and paleontology answers to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. Bye, David. It was good seeing you. I really miss you a lot. Well, you're going to see me soon. Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'll be in North Carolina for Thanksgiving. We can uh, break bread together and have fun. Maybe we can even do some bedroom fun and record in the same room again. Yeah. Goodbye, John. Bye-bye. <laughs>